We were just wondering if you guys could uh, introduce yourselves just um, so we have an audio. Yeah. You go first. Okay. Um, my name is Brittany Eshelman, B-R-I-T-N-E-Y, Eshelman, E-S-C-H-E-L-M-A-N, and I am the magazine editor-in-chief of The Bold. Sorry, I just thought my name just because that's just like worse of habit. Because I always yeah, have to. Yeah, go for it. You know, okay, well, now I feel like I have to. <laughs> yeah. I'm Lauren Irwin, L-A-U-R-E-N-I-R-W-I-N, and I'm the editor-in-chief of The Bold. Wonderful. And we're both seniors. Yeah, and we're um, seniors. Congratulations. Thank you. Excited right. for graduation? Um, uh, <laughs> yes, excited for it. Maybe not as much for after, but there's another another chapter that lies ahead that's also exciting. Mm-hmm. So. Anything you plan for post-graduation? Um, I don't as of now. I'm working on it. No takers yet for jobs, but working on it. Something in journalism yes. for either one of you? Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm headed to grad school because I was too scared to enter the career force, like <laughs> the workforce. Um, I'm going to ASU, their journalism program, um, to get my master's in mass communication. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. It's good to have a little more humanity with it, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, have a little human side of the... Uh, of your award winning so you what award award did you win again just for yeah. the audience? Um I this so this was for last year's um writing. They kind of judge a year um previous. So I won seventh place in the twenty twenty one Hearst feature writing competition. Okay. Now what does that what does that entail? What do you what do you need to qualify for that? Yeah, so um Basically, your school has to submit your work to the National Foundation, the organization, and the feature writing competition is definitely one of the hardest because there's so many students and schools that um, submit students' work to that category, so it's definitely the most competitive, and the types of articles that are submitted under feature writing are really broad, so um, the judging guidelines are a little bit different and difficult there. So it was definitely really cool to win in that category. Absolutely. Yeah. And for you, Brent, now, um, what, what did you win again? Like, tell us a little about it, like qualifications. Um, sure. So actually, I didn't know that we were running for this award, but we won the magazine of the year, right? Mm-hmm. For um, the... SPJ, is that what it was called? Society of Professional Journalists. Yes. They are also a massive, like, journalism judging, you know, competition thing yeah. across the country. So they break it up into different regions. Yeah, and we won region, I think that we were region nine, and we won the magazine award against um, Arizona, well, yeah, Arizona schools, Mexico, I think. Wyoming. Wyoming, Colorado. Utah and Idaho. Utah yeah, and Idaho. That's, that's like region nine, right? Like that's yes. where this all takes place. Yes. So yeah. we won the bold one, the magazine award. And that was submitted um, last semester, so in 2021, before I took over in 2022. So just the magazine from Abby Schirmacher. Um She did the work in 2021 for the magazine so really it was um her magazine doing at that time but it's just really cool for the magazine itself 
to win an award like that, especially for the bull being only two years old, um, to win against like all those states and different universities. It's pretty exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the magazine winning, is that like actual print magazine mm-hmm. or what's winning? The text that's inside, the visuals, the whole thing? So I think, so it started, the magazine started off last year when the Bold started as a complete online digital publication. It's still digital digitally published. However, now we do a PDF, like a printable PDF kind of look for the magazine. So if it were to be printed, we mimic that set up for a printed magazine um, online, but you can flip through the pages online. Um, and I think that it, it was for the content of the magazine and the design, but I want to say it's more so the content than it is design itself, maybe. Yeah. I'm not quite sure if it is, like, specifics. Yeah. I think, you know, they get a variety of different magazine entries and what a magazine slash newspaper is considered lately is kind of unique since mm-hmm. you can be online, you can be print, yeah. or kind of what we're trying to do is blend the two where mm-hmm. you, it still seems like you're flipping through a magazine or a newspaper page, um, but you're still yeah. online. Yeah. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I have one question. With all of you, when you have done the best two years, what got you interested in being a journalist or writing in like the newspaper or the magazine at the bowl? Like, what got you into the kind of, I guess, the journalism yeah. world? Um, so after I joined yearbook in high school, that's when I kind of really got into journalism and writing. And so I really got into journalism and writing and yearbook and design and photography and all of that in high school. And so I got really lucky knowing what I wanted to study going into college. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I was kind of one of the students that was introduced to the idea of starting the bold because, um, we needed something new at CU and they approached students who were ending their sophomore years. Um, and unfortunately I had an internship at the time, so I couldn't really jump on board right away, but I just knew that I wanted to write for a student publication and I felt like the bold was a really good place to do that because there weren't these institutional uh, traditions and things that were passed down from previous students. And so it was a perfect opportunity to kind of create something yourself and set the tone for what is going to live on in the future Um, and also write because that's what we like doing. Um, yeah, so I got involved with the Bold. Grace, actually, like, one of our marketing managers, she reached out to me, and I was kind of in this point of college where my freshman year, I was on the CU cheer team, and I really, like, devoted my time to that, but then I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do as a major and I as a profession that I wanted to try and figure out and, like, go into, so I ended up not doing the cheer team my second year and I kind of was focused on just school in my sorority and then COVID hit so then that kind of was another rethinking period but I was really interested in journalism and writing I've always liked magazines I've always liked lifestyle magazines and just news and entertainment news a lot um all those kinds of just, just kind of like the lifestyle stuff and all, all those things that 
people like to like read about just your interests, sports. And my sister was a sports journalist and still is. And so that also got me interested in journalism. I've always loved writing and it's something that I do for school and in my free time. So I wanted to try and figure out how I could, you know, practice journalism and practice writing as a profession in, in school. So Grace reached out to me over LinkedIn or um, I think she just messaged me, but um, she asked me if I wanted to become a staff writer for The Bold my junior year, uh, second semester. And I was so excited because I didn't really know how to get into it. And this was like a perfect opportunity. Um, and The Bold was very new, but I needed to practice writing articles and writing academic papers is so much different than writing journalism articles and I needed to practice doing that like in my own way and pitching stories to the bold so that's really what got me interested in joining and then I just stuck with it because we had some editor positions open last semester uh, for the fall of 2021 and I ended up really just sticking with the bold and it's been such a like a great experience of getting to practice all those different roles of writing and editing so that's kind of what you know it's a long-winded story and answer but that's what got me interested and then what led me to being here in this, this seat right now talking to you guys <laughs> now yeah. going off of that CU understands that the Bold is a relatively new organization. Mm -hmm. Both of you guys talked about joining it somewhere in the middle of your college career. Right. Does this win, this SPJ win, does that signify anything to you guys, knowing how new the Bold is, how fresh the Bold is, and you've won an award this early in its new lifespan? Yeah, definitely. It's incredible to see just our personal growth as reporters and people with our time here at The Bold, but also the organization's growth. I mean, starting as just a random idea in mm -hmm. spring 2020 and hitting the ground in August 2020, and then finally just winning our first award in yeah. spring 2022. It's really, really cool to be acknowledged on a statewide and national level because it shows that we are competitors and that what we're doing matters and it's nice to have that recognition sometimes yeah so I think what's cool too is like yeah because it is so new and something I've noticed too which Nathan Bowersox is our marketing he's like the chief of marketing for our, our for the bold and I think it's really cool to see how much people follow the bold actually and how much our work is relative to CU Boulder and Boulder in general like we've done some really great work with the King Supers shooting last year. That was a whole entire package that we really dedicated the entire organization to like researching, working working on it, reporting on it. And then even with um, the last magazine of the fall semester, The Hill Hotel, how that entire, um, you know, where Bova's was and all those like really kind of historical landmark spots that people recognize when they come to back to see you or they come to see you like that's something that we've always that structure something we've always seen and with the magazine um abby really dedicated all the stories to all those places that are 
historical to Boulder before it was completely torn down. So I think that what's really cool is that it's our the bold shows that we have worked really hard to be representative of CU Boulder in the community. Yeah, sorry to add on to that. Mm -hmm. It's just really neat to see that our work is being recognized by students too. We grew so much Mm -hmm. just on social media this year too. We've outperformed anything that we did last year, which is really neat just because you know that next year there's going to be a new set of freshmen. There's going to be a new set of transfer students that are going to come and they're going to follow us and that's just going to continue to grow and grow and so it's really encouraging to see things like this happen so early yeah yeah i know i'm going again off of that Mm -hmm. what do you what do you expect for the bowl to do like in the future what kind of impact um do you is there anything else different that you want to do or before you guys leave to hopefully make an impact for the future of the bowl yeah i mean for, well, given there is very limited time now, I think that my last contribute, con- oh my God, I can't talk, contribution is uh, my final magazine uh, for The Bold, and it's really focused on graduation for the class of 2022, um, and really just celebrating because a lot of us are leaving and we are the people that have started The Bold and stuck with it. Um, I guess I my lasting impression is that like it is worth it to be involved in something that is outside of school and social. I think that people really only focus on sometimes those two areas, which is great, but there's also so much that you can be involved in on campus and things that will help you feel more confident about what you want to do or try to pursue after school. Um, and the bold is has given me that confidence in working on something that is bigger than myself and with people that like are also equally as dedicated and wanting to make work that is great. Um, but I really just hope that it continues to grow and get better and that people are interested in joining. You know, I think that what would be really awesome is if freshmen could join in the coming years and they stick with it all four years and like, like just see what kind of work that they make every single year and the progress they make. And I think that there's so much to do with the website and the magazine and the design and there's so much work that can make it even more prominent in terms of competing against other journalism programs at schools and so yeah I think that there's just a lot of great opportunity that can come from Mm -hmm. this yeah I think what you just said was perfect (laughs) I think there's a spot for everyone at the bold whether you like science we're just adding a new science and climate section Mm -hmm. whether you like politics we have and need a niche for you um (laughs) Um, there's just so many different things that you can do, like podcasts, photography, design, website, social media, that I just really hope that it can expand outside the walls of CMCI, too, because there are so many creative people on the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will say for me, I my closing thing for The Bold was um, doing a deep dive into CU's student government um, and how they are 
the most autonomous student government in the whole country with a budget of $27 million, um, and they have a lot of issues. So um, it was really fun and stressful to uh, do a deep dive into that, and I, um, they got their most like ever turnout in the most recent election. It was like 16% of the student body, so I don't want to attribute that. that to the articles, but maybe. <laughs> um, I just hope that like people cont- can continue to have an interest and a love for the news and politics that we have started here because CUSG is something that future people will need to keep their eyes on um, because it's not going away and neither is the bold I guess. I think you guys sorry going off just talking about that I think that the bold really you guys specifically did so much work I didn't even I've never personally paid that much attention attention to CUSG and the work the bold did that you guys were working on condensed the information and made it just so much easier to see especially on our social media it like just like the key po- key points that we needed to focus on as the student body of CU Boulder I think that that was like a great way to shed light on that and yeah anyways now going off of that I wanted to ask you both about um about progress because I know you both mentioned progress what did that look like for you guys once you started the bold versus where you're at now? Personal progress? Progress for, in the bold. For the bold? For the bold, yeah. Um, I mean, it started as a group of five kids in a classroom talking to two teachers before the pandemic shut down the whole world. So I would say we've come pretty far. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have a staff of over a hundred with contributing writers um, from CMCI, and we have partnerships with Radio Eleven Ninety and Scobuff Sports, uh, which are really exciting. So it's just been really neat to see how we've expanded, but also on like the per- personal level as an editor, when you're having a relationship with a staff member, I think seeing that progress is really important to note too because you're working with someone hands-on on writing that is coming straight from their heart and from their brain like uh and just seeing how your knowledge and your work with someone can help them progress into their career and their future here at the bold and who knows where else they'll go after college is really inspiring and cool because I could think back to the people that taught me that. And so it's really fun to, to be that person for other people. Yeah, I mean, with the bold itself, what what Lauren said, it started with five students, and now we have over 100 people. Um, so that alone is really big in just two years. For, I think just the writing, too, has expanded in so many ways. I know for my, at least myself, I can't even look at the articles I first wrote because I just don't, <laughs> I don't even like to look at them because it's just, like, your first work. And um, I'm sure a lot of people feel like that. But just kind of, yeah, just kind of moving from writing to editing, um, I feel like, growing as knowing how to write your own work and then learning from reading and editing other people's work is huge just and that's a huge part of the bold is I think in a term of growing you really learn about how to be a better writer and editor just from practicing all the time 
Um, and for the magazine, for myself, I think that for the magazine, I really have just tried to establish some kind of um, cohesiveness in terms of what kind of issues we're focusing on and that I want to kind of establish again moving forward. Like the graduation issue, I hope that that is a common one that comes out every year. And uh, the last one we did was like a day in the life and they're all kind of niche like issue themes but they're also big ideas to where you can do so much with them and that's what I really wanted to do is create some kind of issue themes that can be reused again and again and again so that students when year after year they can see a magazine that looks familiar to them that they're like oh this is exciting and oh I wonder who's in it this time uh, who wrote for it who's featured in it what kind of photos what kind of it looks like so um, I think that that was something Abby really built on first semester and I tried to work on that as well and just kind of learning how publishing works for a magazine and how that looks and it's like it's a lot of work. You have to read everyone's stories and edit all of them and make sure it looks good and then it goes out and sometimes something isn't as it looks or you miss something. And um, So I think that, I guess, expecting not to be perfect is definitely something I've learned from this job is like you can't expect it to all go swimmingly all the time and have like a hundred people wanting to write for you and do a bunch of stories because sometimes you have to go out and find them yourself and you have to go find the people that want to write them yourself. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely a lot this year to work on that. But I think it's progressed in that way at the same time. Yeah. Now, going off of that, too, I wanted to flip the script a little bit and talk to you on about, um, about your gratitude Towards the bold, um, I read that you expressed um, when it came to your piece, your piece on uh, Katie Hanita, if I'm pronouncing Nida. Nida. Okay. Um, and, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask you about that and gratitude. What's that look like? Yeah. Um, I think for that piece specifically, it gratitude means a, a lot of things to me, and mostly that means people. Um, that article is so big and heavy so obviously I think Katie for sharing her story with me it was one of the most incredible interviews I've ever done we got so comfortable with each other really quickly which is um, something I was really nervous to do since it is a hard topic to talk to somebody about being raped um, and we talked for like three hours. It was the best thing. And I think that's part of the reason why it made the article so good was that I could really just convey who she is as a person through my writing. And then also just so many people read through it and we nitpicked word for word um, just to make it like the best article ever um, because we wanted to do her story justice. So I'm really grateful for the team of editors last year that sat down with me for weeks to make sure that it was ready to go. And then I'm grateful for Liz Skews for, you know, publishing that or submitting that to the Hearst Foundation and um, obviously to the Hearst people for uh, awarding me seventh place. Uh, why did you choose to do 
her story instead of any other yeah. piece. I, so the magazine, I wrote it for the magazine, um, and that month's edition was about Women's History Month, which is in March, and so I had wanting, I had been wanting to cover Katie Nida's story for a long time because I had heard her story for a while, you know, and I, it was always kind of like, oh, there was this female kicker at CU on the football team, and something bad happened. Um, and that's all I ever really knew. And so I kind of went digging and I literally almost stalked her because I wanted to tell her story so bad. And so I decided like, okay, you know, this is my time to do it. We have a perfect opportunity with Women's History Month. Um, and yeah, I like pretty much stalked her. I went to her Facebook. I went to her website. I found a phone number, I found her dad's phone number. He's like a famous doctor in the Denver area. Um, and luckily she like called me back. So yeah, it was just a perfect time to do it and also bring awareness to the university because I feel like a lot of alumni have really good stories that we don't tell often enough. Um, and that one kind of coincided with her time here at CU. So yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, what does the award itself mean to both you and the magazine that you're writing for. Yeah. So first off, I will say the SPJ award is really great because it's our first all staff award. Yeah. Um, and we weren't expecting it. Um, so I think that we one is like, we got to plaster that everywhere because it shows that as a team, we did this. Yeah. Um, and the Hearst one is obviously amazing personally. Um, it's such a great honor, um, and it is really nice to show that we have Hearst Award-winning content featured in our magazine and on our newspaper. Um, so I think that's really significant to know, and personally, yeah, it's just a really great honor, and I'm gl so glad it was that story that, that won it. Because there's a lot of other stories, but that one has a special place in your heart. Yeah, yeah. It was very impactful to get to know her and very significant to write that and then just to have that one of my articles be featured and nominated and win is just a really really cool thing for those that read the article that that's but are curious what was the actual interview like what what was it in that interviewing katie yeah yeah so it was in like February of 2021, still, you know, COVID lockdown. I remember being in my apartment. Um, and as a journalist who, and especially a student journalist, they don't often prepare you to talk to people about really traumatic and traumatizing things. So, and it's not something that is taught really. Like how do you teach someone to go yeah. and do that? So a lot of what the industry has to do is kind of just throw you out there and like you have to learn but then there's that fear of messing up or making somebody uncomfortable obviously now she's fine with it it's been over 20 yeah 20 years um so she's fine talking about it she is a public speaker so she's very open with telling her story and i think that may have been a different case with somebody who wasn't so open 
But yeah, I got to talk to her about where she started and it was really neat to talk to her because we both grew up in like south of Denver suburbia and we had very similar experiences just growing up and idolizing CU and so I've really connected with her on that sense um playing soccer and as a kid we were we both did that and um and then I had to like ask the hard questions and talk to her about her experience and um there were times where, and I included it in the in the piece, I included some audio clips where you could hear her voice break. And I think that there's importance in, in showing those audio clips, as you guys know, because you're here. Um, but because sometimes emotion and things like that don't convey the same way when you just write it out as a quote. And so I think that there's really... I don't know, just like right now with our, where we're at with print and audio and photo and design, we have such, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but we have all of these tools that we can use to tell people stories and tell them in the best ways possible. And so I think using photos, video, audio, and print, like I did in the um, article, is really kind of what set that piece apart. Now, Brittany, can you go off of that? Two, I know you said, like, have you had any experiences that were hard um, interviewing, writing, anything for the bullet that you wanted to just share? Yeah, I have not had as much of a difficult interview, I should say, where I had to deal with a story of that matter. Um, My... My longest story that I've written for The Bold was probably my feature story I wrote last year on the Colorado football team. Um, I kind of wrote it about the transition from, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting, oh, Mel Tucker, the coach that, uh, you know, literally just up and left pretty randomly and was replaced by Carl Durrell. Um, So I did a lot of interviews. I was able to speak with Carl Durrell obviously this was during COVID as well so I did it over the phone too but it was really cool to speak to him and I think that when you're talking to someone of that magnitude someone that is in such a public eye it is a little nerve-wracking I actually remember he called me at eight in the morning we were supposed to talk at 11 and I was freaking out because I was still asleep and he called me and I was I answered I was like hello and he goes, yeah, this, hi, this is Carl Durrell. I'm here to have the interview. And I I did not, I freaked out. I did not know what to say. I go, oh, I'm so sorry. I think I was supposed to call you at 1030 or 11. It was like some, it was definitely not at 8 in the morning. And I was so nervous that he wasn't going to like do the interview with me at a later time. Because he's a, with those kind of people, like he's really busy. Especially like even in the off, off season. Sure. They have spring training. They have all kinds of training. So I was super nervous he wasn't going to take my interview again. But he, thankfully, is, like, one of the nicest guys. And he was like, oh, my gosh, of course. Like, call me back. No problem. So I called him back, and we had a pretty long interview. And um, it was great. He just got to share his experience of transitioning. And I got to interview a few of the players. And I think that those were a little harder of interviews not in the way that the questions were harder it's just that I didn't know how to kind of incorporate their answers in some ways because I didn't want to I guess offend 
Mel Tucker. And I think that that's, that was something that was difficult. And I think it's just hard with certain stories in general. It's kind of like the he said, she said game. It's like, I don't want to, I want to do both sides justice, but I don't know which information I should include and how I should say it. So that was kind of one of the things I struggled with with that feature story. Um, but it ended up, it ended up working out. And I think that, I guess, the thing that I had to do was just make sure the people that said certain things about the transition from Mel Tucker to Carl Durrell, uh, that they were okay with their quotes. And that's the only thing that I could do. And so hopefully, I'm pretty sure they were fine with them because I published a story and it, it all worked out. But um, that that's kind of the longest feature I've done for the bold sense being a staff writer, and that was the longest thing I've done since being an editor. Yeah. Hearing both of you guys' experiences, mm-hmm. um, you're not, I know the bullet's like two years old, I know, but how has all this storytelling, you doing the hard interview with Katie and you doing your interview with um, the CU football coach, mm-hmm. how has journalism impacted your life now? What do you hope to see in the future? <laughs> That's a really broad question, but journalism is like, I live and breathe it, and I dream it even sometimes. <laughs> um, being the editor-in-chief means that you're always on for everyone. Um, and even when I'm like not on Zoom or like in a meeting or like texting or calling with someone, I'm always thinking about the bold. <laughs> so um, I safe to say I very like I care about the bold so 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 much. Um, and being part of it and like student journalism uh, just gives me hope. I think for the future because I think that there's a lot of talk and discourse about the industry and the work that journalists do. And it's so important, the work, and it's never not going to be needed and necessary for a country and a democracy to survive. So I think I just look around and I see a lot of really great people that are ready and willing to enter this, even though it is hard. We know it's going to be hard, but we still care enough about it to do it. So journalism means a lot of things, but... To me, it just kind of means sharing people's stories because not that they don't have a platform and you do, it's just that you're the one that has access to other people, you're the one that knows how to write. I mean, it's just you do have a greater availability to the community and the the things that happen and the people that are in those communities and so it's really a privilege that we get to tell people's stories. It's kind of rambling, but... No, it's okay. Um, sorry, can you repeat? So, impacted journalism? Is that like how, how has journalism impacted your life personally? Impacted. And what do you expect maybe in the future mm-hmm. with what you did in the bold? Yes, okay. So, how it's impacted my life personally is I think that I've always... I've grown up in a family where storytelling is the most prominent thing we do I grew up at a family where there was four of us and we had sit down dinners every night and we would tell the stories of our days and you know just like a day we called it our day report and even that and in, in itself I think 
can be journalism. I think that journalism is storytelling, and I think that storytelling is what connects people. I think that hearing other people's stories, even if you don't relate to them or have a specific relation to the experience they're telling, you can still feel something from what they're telling you. And it can make you laugh, it can make you cry, it can make you learn things and realize things. And I think that that's what, how journalism impacts me daily and just being, I'm so thankful that I've been a part of the journalism program here and part of CMCI here because I've met the teachers I have met and, and students, but the teachers are just so amazing. And like, we really don't realize how professionally um, successful a lot of our teachers are. Um, I've read some amazing stories and works of journalism, especially in my feature writing class where I wrote the feature um, on the football team. Um, I just read some incredible work that I just didn't really know could be performed and I didn't know you could dive into a story like that and tell a story in, at such magnitude from some of the features I, I read. Um, it's almost like reading a short book, but it's in like 3,000 words. Um, and I think that it just, journalism impacts me from the sense I'm so much more aware and I want to be more aware of what's going on in the world. I want to, I think that, you know, people just don't really want to like read the news anymore and be involved in knowing the news as much unless it like relates to you or if it's like kind of like junk celebrity stuff, which I mean, you know, there's a place for that too. But um, yeah, that's how journalism I think is so important and what's made me more interested in just what's going on in the world and but I also think that with those hard and like long stories and those really impactful stories there's also just a fun place for journalism too where things can be light and things can be short and you can learn about a new product you like or, or a new style trend and um you know maybe some new golf clubs or like something in sports like a your favorite athlete like their day their what their days look like so I think that it can be super impactful in a way that it's deep and personal. And I also think it can be fun and light too. And I think that I've seen that more in all kinds of works of journalism. It's not just news and politics, which I think people can think that sometimes. It's so much more than that. Now with, with that, is there anything you guys would like to add? <laughs> I don't even know. To like end to close it out. Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well I guess I'd like to thank the five students that and Jared and Liz who mm. got us out on this path because we wouldn't be sitting here talking about the awards that we won if it weren't for them because yeah, it's just being a part of the bold has changed all of our lives. And for the better. Yeah, for the better. And I'm really proud to have been a part of it. Yeah, I think that this is, it's just been the best journey. Like, even just coming, just not even aside from the bold, like, coming to see you, Boulder. Like, CU Boulder is the best school. I'm so grateful for, like, 
the last four years. I just can't believe, I really can't even believe I'm having this conversation that I'm saying this right now because I really, if you asked me last year that I thought I'd be graduating and like move, I knew I was going to graduate, thankfully, but like being in this seat, I just never really, you don't really think about it. Like when you're a freshman, you think it's just like never ending and it, and it ends, it does yeah. end. Yeah. And um, I think I'm just so lucky to have, I'm lucky Grace reached out to me and that I've been able to be a part of the bold and work with Lauren and John and so many other people um, that have wanted to contribute something to the university and to a university of this magnitude. Mm-hmm. Um, going to a big school like this is never easy. I think it's a big decision and you can find your place and like you will if you find it and if you go looking for it. And so that's what the bold has been for me. It's just been another outlet that I've been able to dive into and work on and come out with some great friends and work that I'm really proud of. And yeah, I'm just so lucky and proud that I was part of this. It was a really great opportunity, and I hope that it continues to live on and just grow and keep yeah. getting better. And maybe one day we can come back and, I know. and talk to the maybe writers. Our newsroom will be as cool as yeah. down here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so. like I just wrote for the last issue, mm-hmm. the graduation issue, and I just said it. Was, how lucky we are to have it be bittersweet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Sounds like...